Genesis 15 verse 17 says, And it came to pass when the sun went down, and it was dark, that behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. Say pieces. Uh, you can tell I was a little tired because that's the best title I could come up with was one little word, pieces. So don't, don't, don't hold me, hold anything against me there, okay? But my title, you'll see it in a minute where I'm going, but the title is called Pieces. He said it passed between those pieces. In this text, there was a manifestation of God's presence that passed between the pieces. And I love the story of Abraham. It's a story of faithfulness, obedience. It's a story of a God who keeps his promises. Anybody thankful God is true to his word? His promises are yes and amen. He will do what he says he's going to do. Abram, who would be named Abraham, his wife Sarah, they were, uh, by all accounts, prosperous livestock owners. They were comfortable. They were doing well. They were wealthy. They had everything they needed and then some. One day, though, God would tell Abraham, Abraham, I want you to leave your country. I want you to leave your people. I want you to leave your father's household, and I want you to go to this land that I'm going to show you. Understand, God didn't stumble or stutter over those words he spoke to Abraham. He didn't even ask Abraham to think about it, to pray about it. He said, Abraham, I want you to go. Obey me, do this. And to make it even more of a challenge, God did not tell Abraham a specific destination he was to go to. He only said, go. And then God gave Abraham a promise, and this is the promise. He said, I'm gonna make you into a great nation and I will bless you. It's hard to imagine how shocking this news might have come to Abraham. And then when his wife, Sarah, heard Abraham's report of what God had spoke to him, she must have gotten overwhelmed. She must have said, are you sure you heard the Lord right? Are you sure we're supposed to pack up and leave our families and leave our homes and go on a journey to nowhere? Are you sure we're going to have children even though we're barren, Abraham? But Sarah trusted her husband, Abraham, just as Abraham trusted God. So they said goodbye to their families. And along with their new nephew Lot, their possessions, and with a, their possessions and a caravan of servants, they set out, not knowing where they were going, but they just set out and headed southward toward Canaan, the area where Abraham's descendants would call home even to this day we're living in today. Time and time again throughout Abraham's life, God would test Abraham's determination. He would test his resolve to obey him. And time and time again, God would reconfirm and reiterate to Abraham that promise that he had given to Abraham. He said, I'll make you into a great nation. I will bless you. God would, would reiterate to Abraham and say, listen, I told you I'm gonna do it. There's gonna be a land, a nation, and a blessing. 
I don't know about anybody else here in this room or watching this sermon today, but I can personally testify that there have been a time or two in my own life that I can relate to the life of Abraham, maybe not quite to the extreme, but I get the idea of what he must have been challenged with when God told him to pack up and just go. There was a time in mine and my wife and our kids' life when we were serving in this very church when it was in that building over there. Back many years ago, we had been serving here all about 10 years and the Lord began to deal with us, began to get uncomfortable, began to get stirred and I knew the Lord was calling us in that moment to step out and leave a place that we knew. Well, uh, uh, you, our family, many of you, our family were here then, friends then. Uh, we were comfortable then. We had been here 10 years. We were enjoying ministry where we were at. But God began to deal with us. And after much prayer and consultation and receiving confirmation through the scripture and through other people, long story short, I didn't know what God was wanting. He didn't say, go pastor this church over here or move to this state or move to this town. All I knew is we felt called to step out and begin to minister. So we took God at his word and we left behind a good situation and stepped out on absolutely nothing, not knowing where we were going. Didn't have the first appointment, but all I knew is God had called me to preach. And as we stepped out, God began to open doors to minister. We evangelized for two full years traveling around able to go to different churches and preach revivals and, and I'll never forget that time in my life I'll never forget but can I tell you even though it was scary even though it meant we were leaving people behind we loved and what we knew can I tell you the rewards were, were just great and wonderful amen and God even though I thought I would might go under and I didn't know how I was going to feed our family can I tell you and testify I'm still here today and God helped us every step of the way and provided everything we needed. Amen. I guess God sent us on a training journey for a number of years and then brought us right back where it all started. Amen. Never in my wildest imagination did I know that would happen. So I kind of can relate to Abraham when he, God will say, just go. And you don't know the end. You don't know the details. Abraham was a great leader. And what impresses me a lot is his obedience. He leaves his hometown, goes to a place he's never been, and he simply has to trust God. And in the first part of Genesis chapter 15, God says something to him that I want to say to somebody here today. God told Abraham, he said, Abraham, I will be your exceeding great reward. And I need you to hear my heart today. Many today preach and they talk about being blessed. They talk about being rewarded on this earth with material possessions and that's fine. But I need you to hear this pastor today. Hear my heart. There is no house. There is not a car, there is not any amount of money, there is no particular job, there is not a particular group of people or a trip that I can take or amount of friends that this world has to offer that I can that can replace the peace and the joy and the power that I have today. Why? Because Jesus Christ is my Savior and Mount Holly Church, we've got to get back to the place where Jesus Christ is our exceeding great reward. 
I've come to tell you today, Jesus is the reward, not the money. Jesus is the reward, not the job. Jesus is the reward, not the car. Jesus is the reward, not the house. Jesus, and we gotta get back to saying that and believing that and walking in that. My God, if I don't have two pennies to rub together, if my health, be- health begins to fail, if I lose the place I'm living in, hear me, my worst day with God is better than my best day with the devil. Why? Because my sins have been forgiven and my name has been written down in the Lamb's book of life. Praise Is anybody believing this today? Does anybody know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hallelujah. And when we look at this story in Genesis 15, God is trying to tell Abram, I've got all you're ever going to need. God is telling Abram, I am your reward. I will be your reward. Understand when the blessing and the reward comes, it will happen when you and I quit seeking it and chasing after it and start seeking God. Doors will open for people who have right priorities. The Bible says, seek what first? The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Doesn't work the other way around. Listen, when we put Jesus first, when he becomes the object of our affection, when he becomes the object of our life and the very reason that we exist and the very reason we live and the very reason we get up every morning, there are not enough demons in hell to keep you from being blessed. When you love Jesus with all your heart, your soul, your mind and strength, God will bless you. He'll be your reward. But more than seeking his hand a blessing we must seek his face to know the blessor blessor amen the bible says god promised abram and told him i'm going to give you a land a land that is not yours right now in fact he there there are enemies in the land that's yours abram but I'm going to give it to you. It's yours. That's your land. And some of you here today, some of you watching today, just because God has promised you something or he's promised you territory or he's promised you a blessing and the devil is still in it and he's occupying it, it does not mean it is yours. You need to take your authority today. You need to evict the devil out of what God has said is yours in the name of Jesus. Does anybody here have a blessing with your name? on it but the devil's still occupying it it may be your children it may be your marriage it may be your finances I don't know what it may be but I wish somebody would take your pointer finger and say devil get out of my promised land get out of my land get out of my family get out of my territory God said it's mine the Bible says take authority let God arise and his enemies be scattered God tells Abram, I'm going to bless you and your people with a parcel of land. You don't own it yet. You you, you hadn't occupied it yet, but it's yours. You will. Abram basically says, how will I know? How will I know that I'm going to inherit this promise? And I'm getting to the heart of the message here. God says to Abram, verse 17, I want you to take a cow, a ram, female goat, a turtle dove. I want you to take a pigeon. And the Bible says they cut the three animals 
not the birds, but they cut the three animals into pieces. There's where that word plays in, pieces. Somebody say it with me, pieces. Watch this. Abram was full of potential. Abram was full of destiny. Abram was full of purpose. He was full of promise, just like every one of you are. His future was full of the blessings of the Lord, just like you. But before God would confirm that inheritance in that land, before God would confirm the promise and the blessing, a sacrifice would have to be made. And this is what I want to tell somebody today. Hear me. The tearing, the ripping, and the cutting of your life that's been going on in your life, you know who you are. It's left Somebody, it's left some of you in pieces. You feel like your life today is in a million little pieces. Your life has been torn apart. It's been scattered. Divorce will leave you in pieces. Pain will leave you in pieces. Bankruptcy will leave you in pieces. Sin will leave you in pieces. Sickness will leave you in pieces. Children acting all crazy will leave you in pieces. Shame will leave you in pieces. And somebody today, you feel unwhole. You feel like a piece of your life is over here. A piece of your life is over there. Pieces of joy there. Pieces of strength over there. Piece of your hope over there. A piece of your sanity over there. You just feel torn up and torn apart today. Hear me. We are so good and putting on an act and a facade. We smile when we're hurting, and if the truth be known about our condition, many are sitting here watching this message today who are not okay. You're hurting. You're afraid. You're lonely. You're discouraged. You're angry. You're upset. And there are pieces of your life scattered. I understand you may not know, want anybody to know your pain and the tears somebody's holding back. Right now you feel like tears are about to explode out of your eyes and you're about to lose it even right now because John, this message is bearing witness with somebody. You can't take it much longer and you feel like your life has been torn into pieces by the enemy. But when I read this Bible, I read about other people whose lives were torn into pieces too. So you're not alone today. David in the Bible is revealed that David committed adultery. He made a mistake. He committed a sin. And the consequences of the sin was he lost that baby. It died. Felt like his life had been torn into pieces in that moment. Samson broke his Nazarite covenant, was placed in the grinding house as a slave. His eyes were gouged out. He felt like his life, which was once at the top on fire, defeat never foe an enemy. He was at the bottom, his life in pieces. 
The woman in adultery who was thrown at the feet of Jesus felt like her life had been ripped into pieces. The woman with the issue of blood, sick, had spent everything she had, done everything she knew to do. Her life felt like it had been torn into pieces. Peter, who was so passionate and loved Jesus, denied him three times and then felt so ashamed after that. Felt like he was no good for anything, not of any use. He felt like his life had been torn into pieces. That encourages me to know that it's not just me that struggled with things and me that has made mistakes and me that messed up. And it encourages me more that they... they, they God's help rose above those things because watch this and if God did it for them he can do it for me and he can do it for you he'll show up in the middle of your pieces he'll show up in the middle of your mess because when David repented his wife Bathsheba had another baby named Solomon who would rise up to be king God blessed David again and when Samson said forgive me give me one more chance he was able to kill more of the enemy in his death than his entire life and when the adulterous woman was forgiven she was told to go and sin no more her life was put back together the pieces and Peter on the day of Pentecost he preached and 3,000 souls were added to the kingdom and the woman with the issue of blood when she reached out and touched the hem of his garment the pieces of her life the Bible says she was made whole Anybody thankful if he did it for them, he can do it for you. If he's ever done it for you, praise him. If you needed to do it for him, if you need him to do it for you today, praise him today. God will show up. And I know there's hurting people here today. I know there's hurting people watching today. You don't know what the person on your row is going through right now. Their life may be in pieces. And if you knew what was going on, you would be praying for them right now. Because the devil, the enemy wants to steal their peace and their joy and their faith and their purpose right now and their hope. He wants to, he wants to destroy their life. He wants to cut and rip and tear their life into pieces. Heart torn into pieces, marriage into pieces, relationships into pieces. And listen to me, somebody, listen to this. The enemy is trying to get you to believe that all these pieces are evidence that God is not for you. You look around and you think, my life is torn up piece by piece. And you see it, you, you, you look in your life, you see it, and the enemy says, that's proof that God's not for you. But I've come today to tell somebody the devil is a lie. If God be for you, who can be against you? If you'll give whatever you have left in your life to God, God will show up on the scene and God will do something even in the midst of a torn up, ripped up, life broken into a million little pieces. You mean, pastor, you want me to give him what's left? All the broken pieces and the mess of my life? Shouldn't I wait until I get everything back together before I ask God to help me or before I go to church no 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 come on that's what the church is for that's what God is for bring all your brokenness bring all your pieces bring all your ruins bring all your messed up life and come to him and let him show up 
you. God wants you to offer your life to him as a living sacrifice piece by piece, torn apart. Yes, why? Because he's about to show up. The Bible said Abram cut the animals in half. He cut those animals in half. In other words, he cut them in pieces, piece by piece. He put one piece on one side. He put the other piece on the other side. He put the piece here and a piece here. And what he was doing, he was leaving enough room in the middle for God to work through and to walk through. I want you to know as I close this morning, no matter how many pieces your life may be in today, there is still enough room for God to show up and walk right through the middle of all your brokenness today. What your friends or family run from you about today, God will show up and run to you and walk right through the middle of every broken piece, every torn piece of your life. Genesis 15 tells us God will show up where things are torn apart, where pieces are laying and scattered all over the place, where nobody else will walk. God will walk. There's room for Him to walk. I want you to help me preach right here and turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, God is about to walk between the pieces this morning in somebody's life. God's about to show up. God's about to walk between the pieces. Somebody watching me and somebody here, you keep wondering how you're going to fix it. You keep wondering how you're going to make it right. You keep wondering, how am I going to put all this mess back together again? How am I going to piece this back and piece this back? You've been stressing about it. You've been crying. You've been agonizing. You've been up at night, can't sleep about it. But I just come by today to tell somebody I know a God who will fix it for you. Who am I preaching to today? Why did God stir me? Who did God stir this little message in my heart that I'd bring it to? Somebody here, somebody watching needs this. Our God is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And He'll show up in the middle of the brokenness in your life. Just ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Listen today. Listen. God is not waiting for you to get all the pieces put back together. We do not get good to go to God. We get God to get good. And too many people have that reversed. We come as we are, like we are, to get His help. Because we can't do it by ourselves. And when you'll come to Him with a broken and a contrite spirit, that's the kind of heart and atmosphere God is waiting on and He moves in. And when you come to this altar, I'm going to invite you in a moment, when you come and you just say, help me. When you just say, help me. It's a cry of desperation. Do you know what? That's when God will move. Help me, I'm broken. Help me, I messed up. Help me, I can't do this by myself. Oh God, how many times I've had to cry that out myself. And He shows up.
Somebody say, help me. I, I can't put the pieces of my marriage back together. I've tried. I can't put the pieces of my family and children back. Help me, Jesus. I can't help my finances. To help me, Lord. The shame of what I've done in my past and my regret, it's eating me alive. I can't fix it. Help me, Jesus. Help me, help me. If you're here today and you'll come with a broken and a contrite spirit, with humility and with a cry of desperation, you'll say, Lord, here I am. I need your help today. He'll come. And I feel like He's telling me to tell some of you here today, I'm getting ready to pass through your pieces.